Hey guys, how's it going? Happy New Year's. Happy Holidays. I hope that everyone is enjoying their first couple days of 2021. This is my third intro because sometimes I just come on here and I record myself talking. I use it as a free therapy session and I just delete it. But here's an abbreviation of my other two intros. Since November 22nd, I have had some major changes in my life in the best of ways like things have really been going my way lately and because of that I've become more busy and this podcast has become difficult for me to keep up with two episodes a week for that I am going to bring it down to one episode a week so I can deliver the best show to you guys and keep it consistent I am so excited to bring you our first episode of 2021 Our guest is Callie, a.k.a. The Teeny Tendy. Find her on Instagram. She's you like girls and you like hockey, you might like her page. She is so bubbly and so much fun. And I just love talking to her. She has done so many different things in her life. And I really relate to that because I've never been one of those people that's, like, been hyper-focused. You know how, like, especially some hockey players from a young age are like, this is what I'm going to do. Or like people that become doctors are like, this is what I'm going to do from a young age. And like, I relate to her because she's kind of bounced all over and she's had a lot of life experience. And for that reason, she has so many awesome stories to share. And she's so much fun to talk to because she has her hands in so many different jars and she's doing so many different things. And it's just, it's so much fun to talk to her. This was a really good interview. So We talk about her personal training career. We talk about her time as a radio personality and her time as a tattoo artist and being a professional snowboarder. And when I say this girl has a very interesting life, I'm not lying. Like, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. So here we go with Callie. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. (laughs) Are you from California? I am. I'm from Lake Tahoe. Oh, okay. No way. So, um, yeah, I lived there for three years, and then I just moved back there permanently, like, a month ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because I was listening to your old podcast, and you had moved to Pennsylvania, so I was all... (laughs) Yeah. Well, I met my boyfriend, because he is born and raised in Lake Tahoe, and so when COVID hit, my job went remote, and he was going to school in Pennsylvania. So I was like, fuck it. Like, I'll go with you. It's more open there. But it was so isolating. I was working remote. I wasn't going to school. I didn't know how to meet anyone. So I was like, never mind. Like, I'm moving back to Tahoe where I have friends and family. Oh, cool. Well, I'm from Truckee, so you'll know that more there. <laughs> yeah. So what made you move to San Diego? I was in radio, and I got a job down here. Are you still doing radio? Uh, I quit because the personality or the DJ I had a job with ended up bringing a gun to work, and it got really crazy, and then they were only offering me, like, really shitty pay, so it it was, like, this was, like, right at the time, like, when, like, podcasts were becoming cool, so Mm -hmm. it was, like... They didn't have to pay us as much anymore. <laughs> oh, that's such a bummer. That's so I know. cool. Um, so did you start doing radio in Truckee? I started um as soon as I 
like as soon as I graduated from high school, I ended up going to UNR. So I ended up getting an internship at the radio station there. And I was one of the only ones that could drive a trailer. And I was good at driving in the snow, obviously. So they hired me to like drive like the big like CD around. So <laughs> That's unreal. What are you doing for work now since you don't do radio anymore? I'm a personal trainer and yoga instructor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Good place to be for that, San Diego. I mean, before COVID hit, it was perfect. Uh, now it's, it's different for us, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing Zoom classes and stuff? or? Yeah. Which is tough because it's like you have to actually do the workout. It's not like you can just explain it anymore. So it's way different. <laughs> Yeah. Did you have to do, like, the 300 hours of yoga training and everything? Uh, you have to do the 200-hour. I did 500-hour because I wanted to be just more well-rounded. And um, the first yoga studio I went to was just kind of, like, one that, like, it was, like, core power where, you know, they just want to make money. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel like I got as much out of it. So then I went 500-hour and actually dove in deeper because, like, PTSD and rehabilitation for athletes has been something that I've always cared about. So they, they like specialize in it. So that was where I went with it. But yeah, it was a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, I bet. My friends were looking at taking one of the trips at the yoga studio in our town here. They were going to go, I forget where, but it was like abroad to do their whole entire like training program and stuff. Yeah, they have a ton of those. Like, you can go to India for, like, I think it's three months and just, like, fully immerse in it. I just, I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> One of the girls that trained me, she went to India for three months and then she turned around Europe and stuff. But, like, she went on her own and, like, she was just talking about how, like, different the cultures and stuff are. Like, how, like, they would cram, like, a 100 people into a teeny tiny studio and you would be, like, mats on top of each other and, like, that's just the way it was. And I'm like, see, like, us Americans, we have such personal space, we wouldn't understand. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy how, like, more spaced out we are. So how did you get into doing your Instagram page? Uh, I have one for my fitness. And because I play hockey, it was becoming too overwhelming. So a lot of people were like, you need to just make your own. So me and my friend Billy, the one vendor babe, or beauty, sorry, she was like, I think I'm going to start one too, just because we were annoying people with how much hockey we were putting on our regular pages. <laughs> so we just were like, well, stuff, it's real great. <laughs> so some have crossed over very many. <laughs> gotcha. Which one do you like doing more? Do you have a preference? I mean, for me, hockey is a hobby, so it's way more fun where, you know, my real page is my personal training. So it becomes a job sometimes where it's like, oh, I have to post something today. Where like, on my hockey, I don't have to post anything. <laughs> yeah. When did you get into playing? How'd you pick up the sport? Well, growing up in Tahoe and trucking, we were playing on lakes for as long as I can remember. But then my mom made me choose, I think I was 
like fourth grade, she made me choose if I wanted to do skiing or play hockey. And I, of course I chose skiing and snowboarding because at the time that was more of what I could do. Like I could walk out my back door and just go like snowboarding. And then I had gotten picked up by Betty Ride. I don't know if you know them. I was sponsored by them for a little bit for snowboards, for snowboard clothing and stuff. So that was more of like where my life had taken me. So I ended up going to charter school and having like snowboarding be my PE. So it kind of took over my life. And then I got a bunch of concussions at 16. So my doctor told me that I'd have to give it up. So then that's where I found yoga and personal training. I fell in love with more working out and being in different outlets. And then I moved down here. And, I mean, I've always been a Sharks fan since the beginning because my cousins lived in San Jose. And then my biggest thing was I found out that the Sharks do a fantasy camp, so I really wanted to do that. So then the year that I started playing hockey, which was a couple years ago, they got rid of the fantasy camp and now it's a tournament. (laughs) But that was my original goal was I wanted to do the fantasy camp, so I had to be good enough to at least invite in the fantasy camp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would have been so cool. That's such a bummer that they got rid of it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was, it's a pretty penny. I think all of the teams do it, but it was like two grand or something, but you got to like skate with them. They had like a breakfast where you got to meet some of the play, like the, you know, alumni players. And then you got to like go to the game in the suite at the, normally the night after. So, and then you got to do like a real game on the ice and skate through the shark head and get your own jersey with your name on it. And then the team would sign it for you. I saw <laughs> that you just posted a picture with one of the sharks alumni, Mike Ricci. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, stalked him down at the goals. Like, everybody else is like, who the fuck is that? And I'm like, that's, like, one of my favorite players. Oh, my God. They're not from the Bay. I feel like anyone that's a true Sharks fan saw that picture and knew right away. Yeah. Like, I had a couple people even in my DMs that were like, who is that? And I'm like, oh, you don't even know. <laughs> How cool is it that in Tahoe, Truckee, that whole area, that they offer skiing for a PE class? I think that is the, like, most unique thing, because I grew up in Livermore, so that was, like, not in our range of, like... Yeah, it was pretty neat. It's all thanks to Tony Hawk, to be honest. He ended up getting skateboarding in, in Southern California, so then the rest of the school opened it up to that, and then when I was in high school... They had changed it because so many kids had passed away from avalanches that you had to take an avalanche course. So, like, a lot of people were kind of discouraged by that just because it was, like, a weekend. You know, like, it was, like, CPR. Like, you had to learn survival skills and you had to learn, like, what to look for and, like, all this stuff. And, like, how to, like, trek down so that your friend was higher than you. Like, it was quite the course, especially at, like, 14 and 15, like, when you're just, like, I didn't realize I was taking that much into my own hands. (laughs) But, yeah, it was super cool, like, to be able to just be like, yeah, I'm just not going to take a PE class this this semester. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know that about Tony Hawk. So that was, like, the groundbreaker for us. (laughs) How cool. That is really, really cool. Yeah, I didn't even know that they offered, like, skateboarding classes. It's pretty much like you had to have, like, the right that allowed it which kind of sucks but like yeah like 
you'd go and have to have a teacher sign off that like you went to the skate park for an hour and a half or like your mom went with you. (laughs) How was the recovery in your head and everything from all of those concussions? It was really tough in the beginning just because it was a hundred percent my whole identity because like I was eating, breathing, waking up, going to bed, everything was snowboarding to me. Like I was training at one point like to just go to the X Games because at the time we were still snowboarding one out and wasn't they allowed. It wasn't in the Olympics. Um and also when I was a kid, like most there was a good amount of ski resorts that were still having it as it was illegal to snowboard in certain places. So like it was hard to find some resorts that would let me actually train. So but the main part was just, like, I lost my entire identity and everything I worked for. So it was, like, I never thought about having a plan B. So it was, like, at 16, I just didn't know who I was anymore. And, like, I didn't really have friends my own age because all my, like, trainers and, like, friends of, like, like people that were snowboarding. So everybody's like, in their 20s when I was, like, 15, 16. So, like, I didn't even have friends in my own age group. So it was a wake-up call for sure just because it was like you gotta have a backup plan and I was like I didn't even have a school picked out that I wanted to go to like you know college like, everybody else was like already like choosing all that and I was just like no I'm just gonna be a snowboarder I just know it <laughs> so that was the biggest part was coming back from depression and like it felt lost like a member of my family almost like it was like the weirdest thing like I had to learn who I was again and what was important to me just because it was like my whole life revolved around it so it was that was the most difficult time and then also it was just like at the time like and even now I in major sports like they want you to come back so fast and like they want you to recover so fast that a lot of us didn't have time to actually recover from the initial injury just because we've come back so fast. Like, I'm sorry. No, you're okay. <laughs> so, like, with, like, Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. <laughs> I'll get it together, I swear. <laughs> no, it's okay. Luckily, I can edit this. It's all good. It's not like live radio. <laughs> I know. I had to get really good at talking fast and not stumbling and not saying, um, but with so many of the other players like it's just like the recovery time we didn't have enough and then it was also like at the time I never worked out a day in my life and I hated going to the gym and I thought yoga was the dumbest thing I've ever like the yoga teacher I went to like she was like feel it in your core and like feel it in like you know like she's like feel it in like your lower your lower chakra and like be able to clench it with your vagina and I was just like okay, <laughs> I'm not coming back to this ever again. Like, what is this? So then I ended up, one of my friends that I snowboarded with was like, I go to yoga class, and it was a, it was a male instructor, and he was just down to earth and was like, this stretches this, and this can also help you, re- like, bring back your brain waves. And, like, so it was just completely different. So, well, like, which is, I mean, that's the same with anything is, like, you have – a coach that just calls to you or a teacher or whatever so after finding that and then I ended up finding weightlifting 
And it was like, oh, I don't have to run a mile to be fit and cute. Like, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and I can still eat cheeseburgers and have Sour Patch Kids. And <laughs> it was all about finding my direction because, like, at the time, like, a lot of this stuff wasn't in main medicine either. Like, you know, even my, like, PT is, like, you could go work out or, like, you know, you might want to try yoga. Like, at the time, it was, like, it wasn't as cool as it is now. And now we have so many alternatives than just, like, taking medications. Have you, since you've been a personal trainer, been able to help anyone with their rehabilitation? Yeah, I have multiple. Like I said previously, I work with a lot of military, and I love PTSD because I because in a way, I had the same brain trauma, so I also know how to repair it and get back to somewhat of functioning. But I also have worked with a lot of athletes just because I specialize. That was, like, so hardcore into was, like, the recovery and the corrective exercise and just ways to recover the, the body from any kind of injury just because I've suffered so, like, with brain trauma and so throughout my back by weightlifting and you know months have been from being in snowboarding so long but I've had multiple other kids that I've worked with like 16 year olds with you know knee injuries from hockey or recently I've had a couple of different players that are older that have had strokes and we've helped them get back to actually being able to play again. And then I had another one that had a heart attack that I was able to use back on the ice skating. So, I mean, it's not completely out of the realm and your body is meant to heal itself. It just depends on how much you really want to still get back to it. Cause at some point, some people just want to throw in the towel. <laughs> yeah. So you said that you did a lot of, pond hockey when you were younger yeah and we've just had perfect weather for it up until a week ago when it started snowing yeah what were your favorite lakes to go to one of the big ones that you had to hike to was echo lake and then i also like Donner lake that one but that one doesn't always freeze over correctly all the time boca was one of our favorites just because it was close and normally it would freeze over in the little, like, island pockets that you could just go to it. And because it's a reservoir, it's a little bit easier. You're not as afraid to, like, die in a lake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, of course, like, mammoth and stuff. If we had friends that had cars, we would end up going to mammoth lakes. But the majority was, like, anywhere close. We've been exploring a lot lately. And I just went to mammoth for the first time the other day. Maybe there like go. maybe like a month ago. So we went to um a couple different lakes down there, like Lundy, one that had a girl name, maybe like Marty or Katie, I forget. And then one that we had to hike like an hour in, and it was so much. All of them were so cool. It was awesome. Yeah, most of them are kind of a hike because it's not like it's it's not trash, you know. <laughs> yeah. Lundy was trippy, though. It had some sort of, like, some sort of, like, chemical thing that was going on in the water where underneath it, like, created these hot air pockets that the water, like, the ice would just, like, bubble up and pop randomly. Oh, my God, it freaked me out. Yeah, those are, that's a little sketchy. <laughs> it was a little sketchy. I did not stay out there for very long. I think the boys 
definitely stayed a lot longer than me. <laughs> it takes a brave soul to get out on a frozen lake, especially like it's just it's sketchy. <laughs> like Tahoe doesn't freeze enough, like the whole lake, to like do it. But even then, like it's so deep that if you got lost, <laughs> yeah, you fell in, who knows. <laughs> Oh my god, no, that would be so scary. Everyone has these necklaces now. Have you seen them? And you like, they're the orange necklaces that you pull apart and they have spikes. So if you fall in, you can like pull yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> All this technology. Now we have cool stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A little less risky now. <laughs> we used to like, parents used to train re- search and rescue dogs for most of the ski resorts. Mm-hmm. So like, we would always bring one of the dogs because at least that they're always watching you. So if you fall in, normally they can sniff, like, they know right where you fell in. But at least you have that to start to, but it's still terrifying. <laughs> Since you did radio, do you ever think about maybe starting your own podcast? Maybe, like, a fitness podcast? I want to, but I was going to right before the pandemic happened because, like, I had been talking about it and a couple of my other friends, like, we wanted to do, like, something fitness-related, but also, like, have more than just that about. And then the pandemic hit, and now it's kind of, like, oversaturated. So I don't want to just friend in with the crowd. And, you know, like, that's the cool thing to do now. <laughs> but I definitely know in the future it'll be there. But, like, I don't want to start a Twitch or do anything <laughs> podcast-related for a little bit until it, until people decide that it's not their, really their thing anymore. <laughs> understandable yeah all you have to do is like wait a little bit of time and you'll see how many people give it up so quickly I mean it's not one of those things like people don't realize that like building an audience takes time like it's not like it's just like oh here you go you're gonna have a bunch of fans listening to it like you have to have your friends listen and you have to have your parents like comment and like it so that it gets that attention like it's the same thing in radio. Like, you don't become a good DJ overnight. Like, you have to build an audience of people that want to, like, get in their car just to listen to you. So, mm-hmm. it takes time. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have been some of your favorite hockey moments so far? Do you have any moments that you were like, wow, that was so much fun, or I'm so happy I play? I mean, anytime I'm on the ice, it's like meditation for me. So, it's not... When you're on the ice, it's not about, like, oh, she's the cute girl from Instagram, or she's the cute girl from this, or, like, you know, she's the prettiest girl on the outside of the ice. Like, nobody knows what you look like until you take your mask off, at least for me, because I'm a goalie. But even, like, most of us wear, like, (laughs) the cages. But, I mean, just being on the ice is something that I just enjoy. But the teammates that I've made, the friendships that I've created even with like people that I never would have met in my life but for me like one of the coolest things is like oh it's getting shut out game and then getting my first goal when I was playing out just because I am still the skating is fine and like when I'm playing against bottom level players the rookie players that I am I can normally get my I have the speed but I don't have the stick handling <laughs> gotcha the feet are too quick for the hands what made you want to be a goalie it was completely by accident (laughs) it was when I did the learn to play with you know the ducks put on the learn to play where you get three whole days of learning how to play hockey and learning how to skate and then they pretty much send you out there 
And they were like, you're one of the better skaters. Do you want to try to play goalie? And I was like, sure. <laughs> then I ended up finding a goalie coach that was, he had like flyers up around the rink. And so like I was, hey, do you work with older clients too? Because like I'm not a little tiny child. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no, whatever, you can totally come. And it was like me and like four other like, 10-year-olds, like, learning how to play goal, but he's, I want to say he's, like, 5'5", five, five, and he's one of the better goalies that I've ever seen in my life, and he can skate, like, nobody's business, and it was just, like, he was skating circles around everything, and the, the first thing that he told me is that, like, we can't rely on our sides, so we have to rely on how good we can skate, so, like, just having him, like, I had him for a good three to four months before I even, like, in situation, but he taught me how to, like, get on my edge, do butterfly, two pushes, like, he had me skating forwards and backwards, and, like, I call it, like, a snail crawl down the ice, where, like, you literally lay on your back and, like, pull your feet in, so, like, you're doing, like, ab workout, but the whole way down the ice back. Oh, my God, that sounds tiring. <laughs> it is, and, like, you know, he's dealing with, like, you know, I say like 60 pound little 10 year olds and I'm like trying to get 150 pound butt back and forth down this ice at the same pace these little tiny kids with their like you know 10 pounds of gear where mine's like 30 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome that you weren't afraid to like get out there and hang out with the kids and like learn a new skill. I think that's totally awesome. No I went I did that for three months and then his goalie coach that's from Canada came down and did like an actual like week long camp. So I did the yoga teacher. I did the yoga instruction for it. Like it was a trade, and and I did some of the advice training stuff. And then his coach was just like he's worked with some of the best schools in the world. Like like Demco was one of the ones that has worked underneath him, and like he has done all this stuff. And he was in the I'm you know it's me and twenty little kids. Like, I think the oldest was, like, 16, and she was, like, an incredible goalie. She's been doing it since she was, like, five. And he was telling me, he was just, like, I don't like when beer players come out and do it just because you guys want to learn. Like, it's not, like, oh, this is going to make my career. Like, it's, like, oh, no, like, you actually want to just get better so you can play good. So, like, he's, like, I know that anything I say to you, you're actually going to take to heart. So, it was just kind of cool to have that perspective too just because I've always felt like oh well they're just not even gonna give me any time of day because I'm just this old lady you know trying to learn how to skate but I like I have the passion and I want to learn and I want to become better so I mean people will see see your drive and see what like if you're worth investing in then they will but like I also am like I'll go hang out with the little kids and figure it out like it's fine <laughs> how scary was it when that guy pulled the gun out on you he didn't pull it out on me but like he just brought it to work he was sober for many many years and then you know sobriety is so hard in i feel like in the entertainment industry and in uh sports like it's hard like Maybe it's not always, like, drugs and alcohol, but it can be, like, prescription drugs. I just feel like 
it's something that keeps getting swept under the rug because people make it so cool. It's okay to, like, talk about, like, that you got so wasted all weekend, but if you said, like, oh, yeah, I just hung out and I read a book, like, people are like, wow, you're kind of boring. Yeah. You know, but, like, if I said that I blacked out and I don't remember half my weekend, people are like, oh, dude, you're badass. Like, it's not the way it should be, though. <laughs> but he ended up getting back on drugs, and then he ended up getting paranoid. So he brought a gun to work because he thought that um, a drug dealer was after him, and he thought that his wife was cheating on him. It was just, like, this whole thing that, you know, it's just, like, if we would have seen it coming, it would have been a little different. But because he was so good at masking what he was going through, nobody caught it. So then it got to the point of where, you know, we had to have cops escort escort him out and then because he was the main personality in because we was a morning show we ended up pretty much all getting let go because it was just like well we can't have that show anymore so it was definitely a different experience (laughs) because when I originally started in radio I was doing overnight and I was working my way up from the very bottom and it was so miserable like I was doing from midnight till 5 a.m. And, like, you would get, like, the most random calls, because who calls you at 2 in the morning to, like, ask for a random song? Like, <laughs> like because it was in Reno, like, sometimes, like, there was a couple times that I actually got snowed in that I couldn't even leave work. So, really? like, I was, I was working for the next day, like, and then, you know, it was, I was 18 when I first started. I was, like, working nonstop and, like, not worrying about labor laws or any of that stuff. And I just wanted to learn so bad that I was just, like, I don't even care. Like, I will sit at your feet. Like, I think I sat with every DJ that worked there and used to bug them, like, consistently and was just, like, teach me all you know. Like, (laughs) so, but then when I got onto a morning show, I was a producer. So I wasn't, I didn't say anything on the radio. I just pressed button. And it was syndicated, so we couldn't let people know that the actual, like, radio show was based in Arizona. So, like, people would call in and be like, oh, my gosh, I want to talk about it. And it's like, oh, well, <laughs> I gotta, you got to wait because I have to patch them in. <laughs> it was It was crazy. So I got thrown in deep in that one, and then I got the great job offer to move to San Diego and who's not going to take that and then and then I was just like I don't know what I'm going to do so then I ended up taking a sales job in pharmaceuticals and then did that for five years and then decided that I'd rather bring people pain than serve people pain (laughs) (laughs) so I ended up getting my personal training certificate and I went to school, and I dove in deep, so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on, like, plan, like, F now, I think, of my life plan. <laughs> I love it, though. I think you're very interesting to talk to because you have so much life experience and so much to talk about and so much knowledge. I've been at all. The only thing I haven't been is been a nurse because they can't do blood or needles, which is really weird because I have tattoos. Like, everybody gives me shit. Like, I love getting acupuncture, but I can't know that when or where she's going to put it. So, like, I had to find, like, the perfect acupuncture. <laughs> but, yeah, I used to pierce people for a living. I was a tattoo apprentice. I... <laughs> 
I worked in fast food. I was a bartender. I think I, I don't think there is a job that I did. And then I tried to become a flight attendant. Yeah. <laughs> How was being a tattoo apprentice? Uh, that, I mean, the artist that I had was, I mean, he was an artist that I followed from a very young age. Like when I was in radio, I ended up meeting a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of bands and a lot of tattoo artists and just artists in general. And I had found him and he was one of the best artists that I had met in my entire life. And I loved his work and I loved his work ethic. And like for the first six months that I worked for him, I never was even in the tattoo shop. Like he was having me pull weeds and he was having me like run his errands like he was making sure that I really wanted it so he put me through the ringer like not everybody has to go through that part and then when I started apprenticing and stuff when I got into the shop it was drawing consistently and wiping down stuff and talking to people and it was the full-on customer service <laughs> training. Because um, I worked in retail before that, you know, like, like when I was, like, young. I started at Hot Topic at a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> so I had great customer service, but I had never dealt with somebody. Like, talking somebody into something that's going to be permanent on their body is a whole different conversation than having somebody buy a T-shirt. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> But it was also, like, they want you to feel like their friend. So it's also, like, learning how to go personal with people but not take things personal, too. So it was a crazy experience. And then I got all the way up until I was going to start, like, actually, like, starting to tattoo on people. I had tattooed myself, and it went really well. I ended up getting it covered up because I, <laughs> I didn't like it. But, uh, you know, it was one of those where I just did a star on myself, and I was like, oh, that's going to be so badass. And I was like, no, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but then he ended up passing away. So then it was, again, where I had to decide, like, do I continue my apprenticeship with somebody else? Do I really want to do this? And it was like I kind of looked at myself and the career path, and it was like I only wanted to work for him and his shop. So when he passed away, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I just continued piercing people. And then even when I was in radio, I was still piercing people. And I was also doing cosmetology school. <laughs> and then I just was like, I don't think that this is where I want to be for the rest of my life. So I gave that up too. And then here we are. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, really. <laughs> all over that is so cool so what what's your favorite tattoo that you have I love them all because I've chose them all for very specific reasons but I have a whole piece that is it's the sharks logo with a um, message in a bottle and an anchor and after my mom passed away I had a note she wrote me I had my tattoo artist take her writing and put it on the message in a bottle, but I had him do it just enough so that I couldn't see what the message said because I feel like I never get to know the end result of what my mom was going to tell me, so I always get to carry her with me, 
and I always get to feel that love, but I, I'm never going to get to see the message that she, she sent me. So, and then she was always, my family's always been my anchor. And then when it hit 25 years of being a shark fan, I just felt like it was time for me to bleed teal forever. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I also saw that you posted um, you wearing like a Sharks jersey in all the different places. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Have you traveled a lot? No, it was just in the last year, I just, or last two years, I decided that I wanted to go and see the Sharks play at every different arena. So I was setting it up so, like, me and a friend were going on we were doing the Sharks road trip. So, like, we would pick the trip and then go to, like, those cities. And then, like, at the time, we were trying not to be stalkerish, but we were staying in the same hotels, too, just in case we would, like, run into them. <laughs> but, like, so I did the Florida, like, when they went to Florida, like, we went to the Panthers ice, and then we went to Tampa Bay. And then that was the road trip for that one. And then we went to the one on the east coast and then it was we went to columbus we drove to detroit sorry drove to detroit and then we flew to boston so it was it was pretty cool little whirlwind event (laughs) and everybody was like you need to be the most scared of boston like boston fans are so mean and i was like they like as the game got kept going on they would get drunker and drunker and, like, chirp, but, like, nothing, like, that was, like, any big deal. Like, they were just, like, yeah, you bitch or whatever. <laughs> like, I, do, I can't do a Boston accent, but I wish I could because, like, that I would do it perfectly. But it was totally fine. It was, like, it was probably one of the colder places that I've ever been to. But, like, it was one of the cooler cities that I've ever been to. And everybody in the city was super nice, like, super accommodating, like, telling us where to go to actually get real food. You know, because, like, of course we went to Cheers and stuff, but, like, we wanted to try, like, authentic stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So Boston wasn't that bad. Did you get, like, messed with anywhere else for wearing an away team's jersey? No. No. I mean, the worst ones you get for, like, for me so far have just been our rivalry teams. Like, every time we're at the duck pond like me and my friends like we always get choked at always it's always like (laughs) and it's like great come up with a better chirp yeah and then I refuse to go to Staples ever again because it's been one of the worst experiences we almost got we got beer thrown on us and we got almost pushed downstairs and just called some of the most horrific names and it was just like plus it's like a six-hour drive from here normally with traffic not anymore with COVID but like before like you would leave here at like noon and still not get there until the puck drop like it was like it was tough and I and I love my friends that are our Kings fans, and I will love them, till, but I will never go to Staples again. Like, for me, that's been one of the worst ones, and I don't know, because I've heard, like, Kings fans say that Boston's been that bad to them, so, like, I don't know. For me, I just feel like Sharks get it the roughest from rivalry teams. Like, anybody in California, I just feel like we don't get along. (laughs) Yeah, they haven't tried to convert you or anything now that you're down in SoCal. 
No. <laughs> Everybody knows better. <laughs> I mean, I've been a Sharks fan since the Cow Palace, so it's like, you can't, you can't, you can't take that away from us. That's a, that's a smell that doesn't go away. <laughs> very, very true. So, here's one person you might know. I'm not really sure. Do you know a guy named Mike Dill? He was in the X Games. He was a skier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because he's from Tahoe, and he's my boyfriend's dad. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, maybe she'll know him. And he has, like... He's like nine brothers and they all skied and they're all throughout Tahoe. So it's like a lot of people yeah. from that area know like the Dills. We do, yeah. I thought you meant like some sort of like Instagrammer. I was like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> no, a skier, yeah, I totally do. <laughs> yep, just an old school skier. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my parents have, are, were skiers. They were both from Southern Cal, they're both from San Diego. And they both went up to Tahoe for a ski season, and they were both in line at Heavenly to get their season passes. And they felt, and they met each other, and then they had like this amazing love story. And I'm just like, man, <laughs> I want that love story. <laughs> that is so cute. I know they have like they have pictures for like you know they have their ski passes. Of the day they met for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Wait, that's actually so cute. I hope they it got really that is. framed at their wedding. <laughs> I met my boyfriend at work. I was pumped on that one. I was like, oh, at least, like, I met you, like, organically. I mean, especially nowadays, because everybody has, like, the internet. Like, I don't feel like you meet even, like, people organically. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> and now with COVID, you really don't. <laughs> I know. And it's like, even like, if you are smiling at somebody, like, they don't know. <laughs> like, you're like, hi, it's nice to meet you. And they're like, are you being, are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> have you been able to play a lot of hockey lately or have your rinks been closed? Thankfully, due to a loophole, <laughs> our rinks are operating under camp and private sessions. So, we're able to still play because they're considering it like a private lesson or private session. So it's been my teammates and I, we like rent out the ice to do like pickups. Like, so we have a pickup Sunday and Mondays, and then we're, we're playing in a league that the rink manager there just doesn't care. And he's totally fine with us <laughs> playing and <laughs> schedules us in. So Luckily, that's still happening right now during the beginning of COVID. Like, that was, I mean, we just had the ranks open in July, like, finally. So, it's been nice to have it back, but we're also, fingers crossed, that they don't shut us down again. <laughs> yeah. I know. We got an alarm. Um, I'm always moving around. So, if I'm like, oh, I was here and now here and here and here, it's like, <laughs> that is my lifestyle for some reason. But um, I'm in Livermore right now visiting my parents, and I got an alarm on my phone today. Like, all Bay Area counties are on shutdown again. It's so crazy. Uh, I feel like the Bay Area is going to be, like, the last one to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, they probably will be. like, Sacramento and, like, Auburn, like, I just feel like all of it's kind of, like, stuck 
and like I'm like, oh man. I mean, even my dad, like he's in Tahoe, he's in Tahoma, and like it's a very small city. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't even consider it a city. I think it's like six hundred people that they have counted. <laughs> but uh, even he's just like it's weird that you know he can't go to certain places and stuff like. Because, you know, on the other side in Nevada, like, everything's fine. <laughs> right? How bizarre is that? They're, um, do you know where Edgewood is? The golf yeah. course? Yeah. So the ice rink is on the California side, so that's shut down. But Edgewood just opened up a new outdoor rink. Like, it's so crazy. It's just, like, two blocks away. <laughs> yeah. Were you in Tahoe and around the area when the ice rink here opened up? Because I think it opened up in, like, I want to say, like, 2008 or something like that. Yeah. I was still there for that. And, like, I was still, like, at the time, like, that we were still, like, here we go. All right. (laughs) When I was a kid, like, a lot of athletes would come up to Tahoe to train just because getting used to the different elevations and, you know, stuff like that, just like they do in Colorado. So when they opened the rink here, like, we were getting a lot of, like, Southern California, like, actual NHL players. So, like, I ended up, (laughs) like, I would go over there a lot just to see if I could actually meet some players. (laughs) Just because that's how it is in Tahoe, like, before, like, you know, Facebook and Instagram blew up, like, you used to just go word of mouth, like, oh, so-and-so said that they're training here, so, like, you would go, like, show up, or just be like, oh, the so-and-so said that they're vacationing in Tahoe, so you'd be like, go take your pass and show up to, like, North Star, or or Scott Valley, or Heavenly, and go see if you could try to find a celebrity. (laughs) That rink is super cool, and, like, one of my friends, he does a goalie camp, and he was gonna have me up. But then all of this happened. <laughs> it was just, it was going to be cool just because it was during the summer too. So it was going to be, it was just one of those things that was going to be kind of fun. When I was a kid, all we had at the time was the, you know, the Olympic size rink at Squaw Valley and then the base camp rink. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was all outdoors and <laughs> you had to wear a snowsuit, none of those cute like tutus or anything. <laughs> Have you been to... I think it's at the top of Squaw, that outdoor rink at the top of Squaw. Yeah. Have you played on that? Never got to play, but skated a lot. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I heard of a couple people that were like, yeah, we just brought our bags up on the gondola and everything. I'm like, that's an experience that I want to do. Like, that sounds so unreal. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just getting up to the top of Squaw is like, it's one of those things that like, it seems like you're in a foreign country almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just so different. And then, like, I, when I turned 21, I used to take my friends there, like, all, like, my college friends and stuff. And I would take them up there because the altitude is so much higher that they would get drunk so fast that I would be like, I'm buying everybody the first round because normally that's all you'd need. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. How and then they you- have, like, a great hot tub up there, too, so, like, you can, like, go like soak and hang out and like it's you know in the middle of these mountains (laughs) yeah they have that boarding school at squaw Mm -hmm. 
And so I ran a lacrosse camp from there, and they let us take the girls up to the top of Squaw for free, and that's the only time that I've ever been. So I was, like, taking it in, but I was also watching, like, 30 of these little girls. The Squaw Academy, like, they actually have, like, a pretty legit, like, hockey team. Really? I think, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a private school. It was, like, one of those boarding schools that, like, you always hope that your parents would send you to, but normally nobody got it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it is literally at the base of squad, so, like, you just, like, you get to be fully immersed in whatever sport you're playing. <laughs> I know. That is really cool. How was it growing up and being sponsored to snowboard and everything? I mean, it was, like, the ultimate dream. I mean, <laughs> for me, like, Out Cold was one of my favorite movies, and, like, I just wanted to live that lifestyle. <laughs> so, like, that's pretty much what I did. Like, during the – as soon as I could start working, I was a snowboard instructor and a, a lift operator. Like, I was, like, on the mountain as much as I could be. And then, you know, before, like, it wasn't – bad to do it we all used to get unemployment for summer so we would just like have that had boats and we'd go like wakeboarding and like that was your summer like because you know there's seven lakes within the like you know an hour long distance so it's like you know we'd go to Donner Lake and we go to Tahoe and we go to <laughs> Boca and then we go to one of our favorites that's it's saltier but Pyramid is one of the most fun ones too but it's saltier water, so it's a little different. And then, you know, it's known for being on sacred land. So, like, you hear all the horror stories, or, you know, the ghost stories. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, for me, like, that was the end-all be-all. Like, I just wanted to be, I wouldn't say it's nobody, because I didn't want to be, like, anybody's arm candy, but <laughs> I wanted, like, I just wanted to live that lifestyle, and it, like, at the time, like, when I originally was training, like, Sean White was coming up, so it was just, like, just seeing him, like, going from snowboarding to, like, surfing and skateboarding, it was just, like, man, that kid lives the life, like, he lives, like, literally the California lifestyle, like, <laughs> I want to do that. <laughs> oh, my God, I want to live that lifestyle, that's for sure. He's ridiculously talented. I mean, the fact that he can do like all four like board sports and he's in a band like I didn't I, know he was in a band <laughs> yeah. uh, he's like the most popular ginger ever yeah <laughs> I know <laughs> that is really cool who was your like role model when you were snowboarding then was there anyone that you looked up in like the female figure that you were like I want to be like her Shannon Dunn was one of the first ones that I I got one of her boards, and it was, like, my favorite thing, like, I wouldn't let it go, it had, like, these big old sunflowers on it, and it was bright red, and I was just, like, I just want this board forever, <laughs> like, she was, she was, like, the epitome of it for me, because she was super pretty, but she was so talented, like, she, she had no fear, which I still, to this day, don't about how, like, when I was a kid, I get it, like, you have no, like, You've never been in that much pain. <laughs> you're like, whatever, I'll bomb the hill, it's fine. <laughs> but after you, like, slam once, you're like, okay, that sucks, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> but, like, she would just, like, she's like, oh, I got it. And it was just like, like, I could never do 
half pipe, like, I can do it. It never stuck with me just because it's so fast and it's so high and it's such a big slam that I was just like, I don't know if I can ever do this. But to watch these girls just bomb the hill, like, it's crazy. And then Tara Takitas was one of my favorites. I really liked Peekaboo Streak when I was a kid. She was an amazing skier. Like, I, I, I pretty much idolized, like, anybody that was skiing and snowboarding at the time. <laughs> and then Lindsay Vaughn, now, you know, got Sue Van. It's like, man, I gave up. <laughs> I got this way too soon. Who knew that you could hook, like, these amazing athletes? <laughs> I know. P.K. Suvan has his own podcast, and he had Lindsey Vaughn on and was, like, telling about how they're at the Epsies, and he was like, I want to be with, like, Lindsey Vaughn. Like, no one looks better than her tonight, like, over the loudspeaker. And she was with her ex-husband and was like, I swear to God, I don't know this guy. So funny. <laughs> yeah. She seems so cool. Like, She's been one of my favorites, too, just because she was, like, I wasn't good at anything, and I wasn't even that good at skiing. Like, she was just, like, Debbie, like, she was one of those, like, one of those athletes that it was just, like, she actually had to work at it in order to be good at it. Like, she wasn't good at sports, and she was so tall, and it was, like, where am I going to fit in that she had to work twice as hard to get there? So it was just, like, she's one of those cool ones that it's, like, I get so tired of the people, you know, like Sidney Crosby, that's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just good at this. Like, no, we want to hear some of the people that had to work really hard to be good at it. Yeah. And she just posted on her Instagram, like, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, I remember reading this article about it, that she was posting a bunch of bikini pictures. And someone, people were commenting, like, you have, like, a disgusting body, like, we can see your cellulite, like, blah, 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 and she posted, like, this most raw caption saying, like, I have an athletic body, I have, like, a fantastic body that's won me gold medals and all of this stuff, and I will never hate on it. This body has done so much for me, and I was like, you go, girl. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she's a, she's a tall girl, and, like, it's just in DNA, you know, you're not going to look a certain way. And, like, that's one of the reasons that I got into fitness, too, is just because it's, like, everybody's body is so different, but it's your body, and it's perfect. You know, like, your body is going to work twice hard for you no matter what. And it's also, like, you can work hard and still eat donuts and pizza and still get to enjoy life. Like, it's life. We also get to enjoy it, but it's, like, you also have to listen to your body because your body lets you know, like, hey, I'm having a fast food for now. Like, let's eat a salad. Like, you know, <laughs> the body shaming of it all is just one of the hardest things I think our generation has to go through. And that's been one of the things that's been a big deal for me is just, like, it's not just women that are self-conscious about our bodies because, like, I have a couple male athletes that it's, like, I know I'm not going to be good enough until I have abs. And it's like, that's not true at all. Like, <laughs> abs are a physique thing. It's not really what defines you. <laughs> and, like, I have one client that he's an amazing athlete, and he feels like he can't get girls because he doesn't have a six-pack. And it's like, believe me, no girl is worried about what you look like. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, 
it's everybody. I mean, it's in our face consistently. And, you know, there's trolls on the internet that hate on the way we look. Like, for me, like, I am, like, I hate this word so much. Like, I call it the C word. I hate to be curvy. I just don't like the word. It just makes, it makes me cringe. But I'm a curvy girl. Like, I've never been super skinny. I've had to work really hard to get the body to where I want it. You know, like, I've never been this little tiny figure and I've had big boobs like from fourth grade that like I used to chase them down like the girl like I know if you know the movie now and then but like I used to like ace bandage it so that my friends wouldn't notice that I had boobs and I used to hang out with so many boys that it's just like you shouldn't ever hate it though and it's like I wish that I would have started liking my body a lot sooner because it's like man <laughs> the years wasted <laughs> yep <laughs> so if you could meet any hockey player who would you like to bump into i mean i ran into a bunch of them because you know i stalked them at like their practice and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that was always one of the weird things for me like going to practices and like getting autographs is so awkward like i just feel so awkward so i wasn't any good at it but i ran into a couple like at the airport and stuff but the biggest one for me that i think i would love to meet would be either Colby or a uh, bishop. I'm a big goalie girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even like Malcolm Subban would be cool. Like I feel like any goalie really. I mean, even though I don't like the Ducks, like Miller and Gibson are two of my favorite goalies too that I would love to. I mean, just have a conversation with these people. Like I know that you guys, you've talked about it before. Like, I went to, down to the goals, like, because one of my favorite goalies is Daylock, and he was playing for the Wild and, you know, the lower league, the lower level team, and they were here in San Diego, and I knew that he was in the tunnel, so, like, I went down and I was like, you're my favorite goalie, like, I've been worshiping you forever, and he was so nice, and he signed a pod for me. And, like, I showed him my tattoo, and he touched my tattoo, and I was like, we're going to watch my skin again. <laughs> like, it was, like, my full-on, like, <laughs> groupy moment. <laughs> That's unreal. But he was so nice, and he, like, had, he had no idea that people were going to even give a shit, you know? Like, it's like, I'm in San Diego. Like, they don't even know who I am. <laughs> that is awesome. So you go to some of the AHL games. Oh, I gotta, like, as much as I can. I am hockeyed out. Yeah? <laughs> I, like, I used to plan it so that I could go, because when the Sharks brought the Barracuda in, I was going to games, and, like, I'd go to the morning game and, like, watch the Barracuda and then go to the night game, like, <laughs> like, that's just what I like to do. Like, I like to support my local team. Like, it's hard for me because I am so much a Sharks fan that, like, I I even like the Barracuda. Like, anytime we go to goals games, like, I'm never really cheering because I'm like, you're my opposing team, and, like, <laughs> you're going to be Ducks one day. Like, <laughs> I can't cheer for that. <laughs> but, yeah, I love going to games. And I feel like AHL is just a whole different experience. They're a little more aggressive. They're a little more angry. <laughs> They want it more. You know, they're not getting paid as much, and they want to make it up to the NHL. They want to impress somebody. So it's a little raw game. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy to me how young they are. 
because I'm I'm only 24, and I'll look at the roster for the AHL teams, and more than half of them will be younger than me, like between like 19 to like 22. Yeah. <laughs> well, in hockey, anything over 30 is normally like we're gonna put you out to pasture, <laughs> right? Unless you're Joe Thornton, then you're around forever. <laughs> well, your younger has been the bigger one. <laughs> you know, <almost> <laughs> you're a personal trainer. I feel like you have some good motivational speeches. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's kind of my thing. <laughs> What's some of the motivational stuff that you say to, like, your athletes? If it's hockey players, I tell them that the work you put on off the ice is just as important as the work you put on on the ice, if not more important. In order to not get injured and not hurt yourself, especially goalies, it's a lot of work off the ice. It's a lot of um, adductor work and grouping work to make sure that you're not just ripping groins apart because that seems to be one of the big ones in the, in the NHL. It's definitely what took Quick down and why he's not going to be the goalie that he once was. That's normally my good one. Making people take rest days is a nightmare uh, for athletes. <laughs> we don't believe in rest. We believe in get it done, get it done now. So making rest just as important as the other portion of your workout is just as important. Like you have to have lazy days. You have to have days that you're sleeping in. You have to have eight hours of sleep. Like I would prefer that you eat all carb diet, but still get eight hours of sleep. <laughs> what you're eating. But for me, I'm nutritionist. So like I've never been into punishing food for people. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we already have such and ingrained into our society on that food is bad, that it's just like, I don't want to add to that. Like, if you want to eat food, I'd rather have you eat food than not eat. Like, I feel like so many people that are, like, starving themselves or overeating or <laughs> it's just like, enjoy food. Like, don't make it a punishment. So that's one of the bigger ones, too. It's just like, you don't have to work out for two and a half hours in order to work off your donut. Like, just let it go like <laughs> but also you know you gotta you gotta pay your dues you gotta put in the time you gotta put in the work and you know flexibility and mobility is just as important as lifting heavy stuff as it's just as important as your cardio and your hit classes like you need to be doing stretches all the time <laughs> I have most of my clients have a before bed stretch and an, as soon as you wake up stretch just because it's one of those things that we don't properly prepare ourselves even for normal day stuff so those are big ones <laughs> and just enjoy life have a beer have a burrito it's fine <laughs> I love that okay I have two more questions for you because I yeah. just thought of them one is I just started doing meditation do you do any meditation I do and I have tons of platforms and things for different people because meditation can be so different for different people like I have some just for like just going to bed sometimes it's just like helping you find restfulness is enough I mean five minutes of meditation can change your whole life it's really just about finding you know being able to calm yourself in any situation which is a big deal. Like I even do it before I even hit the ice because I tend to overthink stuff. So 
it's good to just quiet your mind, give yourself that, you know, five minutes before you head, head on the ice. Like, I even have one, one of my clients that I gave him one that he just plays in his car, so he sits in his car for an extra five minutes before he goes even into the rink, just because it's like, it doesn't take long, and you can, it's one thing your brain really needs, especially with brain traumas, like, meditation is one of those things that's like, it gives our brain the opportunity to be turned off and not have to work so hard. Meditation is a big one, and I mean, meditation can be found anywhere, like, if you're not thinking about what bad or what's good that's going to happen, like even like skating around the ice can be a meditation for people, but you have to be focused on it and it probably shouldn't be while you're driving, but (laughs) that's a good call. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you can add it before sleep. There's tons of sleep, you know, like there's tons on Spotify. I mean, you can find the ones that work for you. But they're definitely good. And then my other question, do you watch The Bachelor? I don't. Okay, so this guy on The Bachelor named Ben, they all have their, like, little sob stories that they tell, like, the main person. Well, his was very interesting. It's the first time I've heard it. He was saying how he had an eating disorder and, like, body dysmorphia and everything because he felt like he had to be so extremely fit and in shape for anyone to like him. So I I think that just came to my mind as you were talking about people that, like, are overworking or, like, undercounting calories and everything. Well, I I have dyslexia and body dysmorphia um, amongst all the other things in my life. So it's been one of those things that I've had to work through, too, is that, like, I see myself in the mirror way different than other people see me. And it's only because it's just the thoughts in your head. So, like, meditation helps with that, too. (laughs) But uh, that's one of the biggest things that we are faced with at this time is the eating disorders and the being misdiagnosed and then also the substance abuse. But also, like you were saying, like, for most of the athletes, it's even, like, high – higher paid athletes is overbringing becoming one of the biggest new that they're actually calling it a disease now that like you know it's pretty much like it's fitness orexia like it's like where you're working so hard that you feel like you're going to get better the more you put in but you're actually just torturing your body because your body not recover because they're not that much like i think one of the guys that I am working with currently, he was working out two hours a day in the gym and then was on the field because he's a football player for two hours a day, twice a day. Like, it was just insane. And then he was eating, like, maybe an apple and a protein shake, like, because <laughs> he didn't have enough time to even eat and plan for it. And it's just like, you have to be so vigilant and it's one of those things where people, it's becoming swept under the rug because it's like, oh, well, it's a cool thing, you know? It's like, oh, well, they're just training and trying to get good, but it's like, your body can only do so much. It's just like anorexia. If you're overtraining it, it's going to start depleting your fat resources and your muscles in order to recover as fast as it can because it's got to keep up. And it can actually make us fatter, which is even sadder. Really? <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's going to eat your muscle because muscle takes more than fat and it's going to store your fat because it doesn't know when it's going to be able to eat again. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Wow. I did not know what I was going to get out of this interview, but I absolutely <laughs> love it. <laughs> I told you I'm a lot. <laughs> In a good way, though. <laughs> That's my thing is that I want to help people change. And I, you know, I've been working with Lift the Mask, which works with mental health disorders in goalies. So we, they provide free, like either therapy or classes or fitness, whatever you need in order to lift the mask on the stigma of mental health. So like, I just want people to know that there are so many of us out there that are willing to help. Like, cause I know that there's tons of kids, especially like, you know, junior hockey players that it's like, if they get injured, it's like, what are you going to do now? And it's like, we're here for plan B. Like, there's tons of stuff. You can be a scout. You can, like, you know, we you can figure it out. <laughs> but it's just to not be alone. Because, like, that was the major thing for me. Like, when I couldn't snowboard anymore, it was like, I didn't really have anybody to turn to or anybody, like, any support. So, and, you know, all my friends were like, so we're just going to continue snowboarding. And I was like, well, I don't want to die. <laughs> I'm only 16, and I think my parents would hate me if I continue to do it. But there's tons of help out there, and it's, like, it's not weird to have anxiety and depression and body dysmorphia. Like, it's all out there now, and it's just, like, I just – I want to be the little, like, you know, fluffy blanket that's here to support you. <laughs> you have such good vibes about you. You're like a breath <laughs> of fresh air. I absolutely love it. I try to be like, my name is, my real name is California. So, like, I try to be like that sunshine. Try to embrace you. <laughs> that is perfect. And it fits you very well, the golden girl. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for letting me interview you. Yeah, thanks for letting me take up your time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, have a good night. You too. Thank you. Enjoy Tahoe. Thanks. Hopefully I'll be up there one day. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye.